1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
0: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live here from Salem, New Hampshire, and we are going to talk about muzzles today. We're so excited. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day.
1: From the muzzled pig.
0: (laughs) He still honks pretty good or oinks pretty good with the muzzle on. Hard to keep a good pig down. (laughs) So, um, I think we've already talked about how Baskerville muzzles are a favorite as a quirky tip of the day. So, today, our quirky tip is just going to be, if your dog is not conditioned to a muzzle, condition them to a muzzle. Why not? A lot of people just use muzzles for, oh, if the dog's aggressive, why should it be muzzled? But it's a good exercise to do for your dog, and we're going to spend the whole podcast today breaking down a bunch of different muzzles and talking about the benefits and yeah. everything else. Uh,
1: an ongoing theme I have with my clients is to be proactive rather than reactive with your dog, so... It's better to condition a dog to a muzzle before you ever need one so that when the day comes, and it probably will over the life of a dog, where it may be a good idea to put a muzzle on your dog, uh, it's not coming out of left field. They're not all stressed about the muzzle itself, you know?
0: Yeah, we always say, like, if you just use it to go to the vet or something else, then this is now going to be a precursor for, like, this classical condition thing. Like, oh, my God, here comes the muzzle. I'm getting my nails cut. I'm going to the vet, this, that, and the other thing. He did slip, it, slurp his coffee. He said he was going to do that the <clears> whole time. Um, but honestly, even if your dog doesn't have aggression issues or you feel like you don't have to be proactive about that, it's a good confidence building exercise. That is actually one of the exercises that we put into our free course, canine mind shift that you'll see in the commercial at the middle here, because it is a good way to just have your dog work through some stuff, building some mental toughness, teaching a dog to wear a muzzle is just a nice skill to have. So let's hash this through, um, we'll yeah, there's start a lot wherever different you want
1: styles of muzzle out there. Some are better than others. Uh, price points are all over the place. You can get something for four or five bucks. You could spend a hundred bucks on a muzzle. I think this one was actually around a hundred bucks when I bought this about 15 years ago. So they're all over the place. You don't need to spend a lot of money on a decent muzzle though, that's for sure. They've come a long way in the technology and uh, the dog's ability to breathe and drink water and eat food through a muzzle and all those kind of things, you know?
0: Let's talk about this guy.
1: Yeah, so this is the- I feel like this
0: is a big size, like a ratty size. The
1: most common muzzle and it's got an open end on it. And this makes everyone feel better that, oh, it's it's great. The dog can eat treats and breathe and all this stuff. He can also nip at you and, yeah. and actually bite you if he wants to with, a, with an open-ended muzzle. And when you put the muzzle on snug enough, if you get the size where he can't open his mouth, it really inhibits the breathing and it's really uncomfortable for the dog. So... I'm not a crazy proponent of the open-ended nylon muzzle.
0: Even though they're affordable, this wouldn't be our first go-to, whether you're using it for grooming, um, dog aggression, human aggression, or a lot of people, like dogs sometimes get these OCD behaviors where they like want to eat rocks or eat sand or something else, so people will sometimes use a muzzle in that context. The open-ended muzzle, they can still get stuff in and ingest stuff.
1: On a positive note, it is a good introductory muzzle. Just getting something on the dog's wow. head and clipping it up because you can easily feed them through the front. It becomes finding, a real positive experience. Look at you and I the even good. know people in the um, in the dog sport that I used to be in, where one of the exercises is wearing a muzzle and healing, and they use this open end muzzle. But you're not allowed to have an open end muzzle in the competition, so they'll sew a little front onto this that they can just velcro over the front of it. Uh, later, So they've had this thing open for the whole time, and there's a little extra piece here, and then they just bring that over and Velcro it to the top. So it's not a muzzle for the safety of handling. It's a muzzle for this sport, which after they Velcro that thing on the front, meets the criteria for an actual muzzle, a closed-end muzzle.
0: For all of our French Ring listeners and viewers but on it, the Corky For anybody,
1: Doc. this is a great intro muzzle for just conditioning a dog to putting something on their face, snapping the, the thing behind their ears, and getting them comfortable wearing yeah. something.
0: and dealing with it. If you want to go a little bit safer, but still at a cheaper price point, then we would look a lot at these. Safer. Yeah, well, that's true. Then we would go to these plastic muzzles. The only thing that we don't love about these guys, this is just like a basic plastic muzzle that you can get on Amazon. This isn't a super high-quality one. The snaps sometimes can get a little bit funky. So if you step on them or you force it or something, they can get funky. But Scott actually cut the front of this one off because these are a little bit narrow. We we'll just take out one of the treats and everything. There, yeah, yeah. And he takes out the middle there, um, and the opening you can feed through. So we would recommend conditioning a muzzle with food.
1: Oh, of course. 100% yeah.
0: of the time. That's if you don't just... have an
1: opening, I mean, the first thing is that you, you cradle the front of it like that. You drop treats into it so the dog is sticking their head in and eating treats out of it. Um, what I find to be a downside to this particular muzzle, not that the clip isn't that great, but that it doesn't have... The strap, a strap the, that comes yeah. up between the eyes. For the head. So quite often, if they start pawing at this, they can pop it right off the front. And now you have a dog that doesn't have a muzzle on anymore. They just have this hanging around their neck. And that could be dangerous depending on what type of dog you're working with.
0: Now, as far as the feeding with the muzzle, Scott had mentioned dropping food in. And I just want to clarify, if you're going to do that method, you're not going to just Now try to hook it really quick behind the dog's head. Like if they get their nose in to eat the food, you, you know, rush and get this process done. You want them to have value for sticking their head into a muzzle. Just like with the pig, you would condition like, you know, a few sessions here of like, okay, stick your head in get a treat, stick your head in, get a treat, rather than just try to rush through the whole thing and make it a negative. Muzzling can be really contentious with dogs. I mean, they really don't want you to put this on them. They have a negative association putting a muzzle on and it can really become a thing. So conditioning the muzzle properly is a huge, huge step to muzzle training, whether you need the dog to wear a muzzle or you're just doing this as an exercise.
1: yeah, You may find that, and probably I'd say with nine out of 10 dogs, it's not that big of a deal, but There have been, and I know some good dog trainers, really good dog trainers, that have had um, a dog that just fought this muzzle no matter how positive they made it. And it was just a big battle and it just was very difficult. And with those
0: dogs, you're going to go a little bit slower, I would say, but at some point they have to work through it. I
1: don't know if they have some kind of a, you know, some kind of phobia about stuff around their head, on their face, but for most dogs, they have no association with the muzzle. Ideally, you're going to start this before they've had a muzzle crammed on their face and been handled at the vet and had a lot of fear associated with the muzzle because now when they see it, it, and I was at a house um, a couple months back, Jess came with me where the dog was aggressive and I said, do you have a muzzle? And they said, yeah, but we haven't put it on. I said, well, get the muzzle, I take the dog and the dog saw the muzzle and immediately tried to attack me I and mean, it the just leash, like yeah. boom so it had a negative association with the muzzle i <laughs> would say, say
0: to say the least yeah. and that is an important point if you are bringing the dog to the vet and the vet or the groomer sometimes groomers will use muzzles if you're bringing the dog somewhere else and they say oh we had to put a muzzle on him that process is working right outside of your home, outside of your hands. So make sure you're doing some stuff at home to make that a more positive experience. Because yes, of course, they don't have to train this and you know they're not going to be doing five sessions of, oh, put the nose in. They need to get the nails done or put an injection in the dog or whatever else is happening at those services. So make sure you take that training back to your house on your own accord.
1: Yeah, yeah I'd say, Let's talk like about I said, be proactive rather than reactive. All
0: right. So
1: this is uh, another brand. It's called uh, Baskerville. And they used to originally... This is a, a, a variation on the basket muzzle, because, and this is a basket muzzle. It looks like a trash basket almost. Um, but I had one of these originally. It was all made out of wire, and it was great. It was great. Now they make them out of a good hard plastic, which is better because they don't rust. I mean, the one I had that I used all the time that was wire, as that enamel coating rubs off the the actual wires, just because you're throwing it in and out of your training bag and whatnot then it starts getting rusty because it's just made out of metal. And the other thing plastic, is if the so dog nice. muzzle
0: punches or, you know, if the pig muzzle punches, because that's the thing too, if there's some real aggression going on, always just because, muzzle the pig, <laughs> but just because there's a muzzle on the dog doesn't mean the dog still isn't going to feel the need to try to go up and attack. And this muzzle punching can be painful if the dog's wearing a muzzle and thinking it can still attack. So I would assume the plastic is a little bit easier on somebody than the wire in that regard as well.
1: Well, yeah, but I don't even think about that. I mean, that's, I have not had, I did have a, a dog muzzle punching me a while back, but um, typically things should never get to that extreme with any dog where they're attacking you and muzzle punching you, unless that's your intention and you're working with some, doing personal protection. But the nice thing about this big open basket muzzle is that the dog can easily drink water through this. There's plenty of openings where the yeah, dog you don't can have get treats anything really to easily to it. stick food in the dog's mouth. And um, it's just less invasive. You know, the bigger the openings, the less invasive it is on the dog. They just have to d- get used to this this big rim being around their mouth, you know, on the top of their snout, you know?
0: Yeah, and for the Baskerville, this is what Scott was talking about that has the strap that comes up in between the eyes. So now once it goes around the dog's um, neck and you clip it, then the strap coming between the eyes is going to keep that from f- falling off or getting pulled off if they go to fight that. And then show the leather one just recently. Yeah, so we have this one here. I got
1: years ago with my. Uh, one of my Malinois for, um, I actually foolishly bought it for the dog sport uh, because it's way, way overkill. And I was at a some kind of a trade show or something and and they had them there. But it's a uh, what does that say on there, babe?
0: Um, hard, hard, do- hard, hard dogs, hard dogs what, requisite. requisites. The company probably like still has, and been that's around like a hundred dollar muzzle.
1: And they use these more for police dog work. This is for, um, literally muzzle punching. Yeah. So this and dog this is- comes flying at you. This is for transitioning a dog off of, in my opinion, uh, getting a dog off of the suit material where the guy who the dog is attacking is covered with this big suit, which is a big cue, and that's the big fun thing. And then when you try to get a dog to bite somebody without the suit, most dogs are like, what the hell, where's the suit? You know, that's there's a transitional point there. So you have to get a dog wanting to attack a person that doesn't have any type of protective clothing on, and at the same time, they can't get hurt. So then you start going to the muzzle-type stuff. But it has to be a safe muzzle that isn't going to come off and have, God forbid, someone get bit, you know?
0: Yeah, and for those listening that aren't actually watching, what we're looking at here is kind of just like a leather bucket in a certain sense. And I wouldn't um, recommend getting a leather muzzle like this for any pet dog stuff. I would... Get more of these basket muzzles that you can get on Amazon and everything else. Start with the cloth muzzle, like Scott showed, and these. I think we used this on a pet dog recently who had kind of a short snout, but that that wouldn't be my first go-to. This to is a this muzzle around. that is.
1: This is probably the safest muzzle you're going to get, and that's why it's it's kind of overkill because there's no way that a dog's going to get this off their head if it's strapped on, and there's no way that the front's going to break or damage. Yeah. If you have a real aggression issue, you don't want to be going with a friggin' ten dollar muzzle that can that can be manipulated in some way off the dog's head you know
0: yeah all right we're gonna go to break super quick and again this course has muzzle conditioning in it if you're curious and we'll talk to you after break
1: does your dog lack self-control are you looking for some answers would you like your dog to be calmer does your dog lack confidence Canine Mindshift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com That's caninemindshift.com
0: Okay, we're back so a lot of times dogs, like bully breeds, I would say this is common with, their head is shaped so strangely, or a lot of other brachiocephalic breeds that don't have a long muzzle, flat that it's face. really flat face breeds, if you want to be uh, just more colloquial, it's really hard to find a muzzle that will fit them. So I did some trusty Facebook polling yesterday, and my Facebook feed came through. Two brands or two companies that I would recommend for those types of dogs. One is Trust Your Dog. So if you just type in Trust Your Dog um, muzzles, it'll come up in a search um, engine. And basically, they had a biothane muzzle, which was kind of cool. And then they had those vinyl things or whatever that you were talking about.
1: It's a fairly uh, rigid plastic sheet that they have a pattern. I saw these years ago. And they cut the pattern out, and then they uh, rivet the pattern. They fold it all up, kind of like origami. (laughs) And then they come up with this muzzle, which is surprisingly uh, pretty well made.
0: Yeah, so the Trust Your Dog had those two different types and they're more custom sizes. So you'll be taking different measurements and that muzzle isn't just, like these Baskervilles come in uh, one to six, I think, different size. And they'll say like, oh, if it's this breed, get this size. If it's this, get this. And for the most part, You can find a size that works. But if your dog's head is not like most other dog's heads, these custom companies are going to help you out more. Another company that I was really impressed with, it looks like they just did the biothane muzzles, was Booma's. So Booma's muzzles and... um, you can go there and it's the same thing. You're going to get a muzzle that's being sent to you that's custom fit for you and your dog. And I would recommend that if you're having a hard time sizing, even if you're just training this as an exercise and you don't necessarily need a muzzle for vet care or grooming or anything that you're doing at home. But you never know when a muzzle might come in handy. It, it, it happens very frequently. We brought Scott's mal out for a trial a few years ago to California. He had an upset tummy from the travel. Nothing was wrong. We want to make sure he wasn't obstructed. He was at that vet. He needed to be muzzled. It's nice for a dog to be conditioned to a muzzle and be able to have the techs take the dog back while the dog's muzzled. Like, well, that's a nice thing if need be.
1: And I will say he didn't need to be muzzled. We were proactive yeah. in muzzling the dog. Conscientious. And sending him back with a muzzle for everybody's peace of mind and safety.
0: Yeah. That's all. And the other thing I want to mention too is um, dogs that have some sort of seizure disorder, a lot of times that's just idiopathic epilepsy. If you have a dog that has grand mal seizures in any way, shape, or form, it's very important to know that if you're going to be moving that dog for some reason, if you need to be picking that dog up, bringing it to the vet or anything else, you should at least cover its face. I'm not saying that you should now be trying to get a muzzle on the dog, but cover the face with a towel or something else. Because when the dogs are in that state, they don't necessarily know what's going on and that could be (coughs) time for a bite. I had a very terrible traumatic experience in my childhood where one of our family friends the guy was bitten so bad at 18 years old. I mean, his whole face, when a dog was having a seizure, it was a big to-do. So I do just want to mention that, that uh, even if your dog's the sweetest dog in the whole wide world, if it does have some sort of seizure disorder, it's important to protect yourself if for some reason you're moving the dog during a seizure as well.
1: Yeah, or any type of injury. I I mean, I remember I was at a um, a police dog seminar for, for a three-day weekend, and there was a bunch of cops and me um, getting attacked by about 50 dogs that had just come over from Europe, and one of the dogs uh, was chasing this cop who was a big guy. He was like 6'5". The dog jumped and grabbed him by the shoulder and flipped. You know, the guy fell on top of the dog, and it broke the dog's leg. And the first thing they did was they came over with a muzzle, and they put the muzzle on the dog before they picked him up and got him to the hospital because when a dog is experiencing pain, that's when things can get a little bit hairy. And I think you know I kind of I went for a long time never using muzzles, and um, people would say my dog's aggressive. I'd say oh, give me the leash, let me work with the dog a bit, and um, had good. I was careful, and I had pretty good luck. But nowadays, when and seeing aggression kind of getting on a little the rise, more, it's getting a little more extreme. Yeah. When someone says, My dog's aggressive, he's bit three people already, I just show up with a bunch of muzzles. I say, Okay, let's get this one on. You put this friggin' muzzle on him. Let me work the dog. And if, if he's not acting crazy, I can get the muzzle off him within two or three minutes. But, um, you know, a dog bite can get real nasty. And yesterday, I had a client text me. I trained their dog for them. It was an aggressive dog, but just fear aggression. It wasn't, you know, just crazy, it just had fear aggression. So I took the dog in for boarding and training. Everything went well. The dog was great for several years. But then, of course, um, not to blame them, but this tends to be the case. People tend to back off on the training when they start getting months into years of good behavior. They just back off on all the stuff that made that behavior good in the first place. So in this case, what happened was the dog got rushed by a five-year-old about three nights ago, a granddaughter or grandson ran up and grabbed the dog and the dog turned and bit the kid in the face wasn't a bad bite it was thank god it was a scratch the dog the kid did go to the doctor but what happened was that the husband the man of the house that owned that dog got so emotional he ran up and grabbed the dog and somehow corrected the dog i wasn't there but the dog then bit him on the finger on the thumb and that wasn't a bad bite it was a little either. tiny yeah, bite puncture but that friggin hand swelled up, got so infected within 24 hours. he is now in the hospital on IV, and they're fighting off trying to prevent septic through, you know blood poisoning going through his whole body right now. So it can turn into a really serious thing. So if you have a dog that is nippy, mouthy, you just don't want those teeth, and it's almost the same issue with cats where a cat bite can get infected quick because it's a tiny puncture and the germs stay in that little puncture as opposed to, I've had many dogs bite me doing dog sport work where I've needed five or six stitches here and there. It's kind of a rip or a tear. Those type of bites don't seem to get that infected. They're opened up and you can clean them good. And, you know, and, and I've had mine stitched up and I've never got, and I got antibiotics and I've never had any big infection start. But then I did get a bite. Was that two years ago? Yeah. Dog jumped and bit my hand. Didn't tear the skin, but there were just a few punctures. Next day, it's getting red, swelling up. And I just got antibiotics real quick and it went away. But, you know, you got to be careful and be respectful of the germs. It's really about the germs. It's not about the bite or the And if you're concerned at
0: all while you're doing any handling or any grooming at your own Like, just use the muzzle. It's not worth risking an issue here, there, and everywhere. And there's also situations, it's hard because like, oh, when do you need an immediate muzzle? But you can even go on YouTube and you can make a quick muzzle out of a leash by putting that around the dog's nose and then kind of wrapping that around the neck and just doing a quick muzzle for safety. But for the most part... Have a muzzle with you, condition the dog to the muzzle properly, and have it so if you need it, if you don't need it, the dog just accepts it. It's just another growth step for your dog to deal with something and work through its frustration tolerance. And we're talking about, okay, you know, you want to condition the muzzle with food and put the muzzle on and feed, and then maybe you stick the muzzle out and the dog puts its head in on its own and you feed. So when you get to the point where you're actually going to be clipping this on the dog's head... First and foremost, I would say dog is on a leash, okay? So now that you go to clip this, you don't want the dog to understand like, oh, I can get out of this and everything else. The first time you go and clip that thing on the dog's head, clip it on its head right away, give it a cookie, and then take it off. Don't just clip it on the head and be like, okay, now we're to this stage. We're going to get moving. Once your dog's comfortable with that, I'd say one or two sessions, because you've already been conditioning, just putting the nose in without the clipping before for other sessions, then you're going to ask for some behaviors. See if your dog can sit. Can your dog sit? Great. Great give the dog a cookie for sitting, take the muzzle off. If the dog starts to walk and then starts to it or something else, you need to prevent the dog from getting that muzzle off. So let's say you took two steps, the dog was fine. You go to take five steps. The dog has just a full-on tantrum and wants to get this thing off its face, scratching everything else. Back off of how many steps you're taking, reward good behavior, do it in small increments. But then also, as Scott was saying, some of these dogs can be really difficult, at some point, you have to work through that. So I would say if you're a month into your muscle training and you can't do more than a couple feet of walking, either seek out professional help or you have to up your ante a little bit and make sure that that dog is dealing with the stress and handling it. because it is different wearing a muzzle and getting on a bed and sitting and downing and healing and all of these other things. But that's the whole point of wearing a muzzle is that the dog can do what it does in its normal life, but with something on its face.
1: Well, one technique I learned early on with a dog that did have a lot of aggression issues that I was doing dog sports with that I didn't raise from a puppy. I got him when he was older and he was really, he was kind of a dick. He was dangerous. And, and, what, uh, <laughs> and I could get the muzzle on him pretty easy, you know, through this positive reinforcement with the muzzle. But then when you go to move the dog, he would immediately go to the ground, start trying to tear that thing off his face. And the trainer that worked with me, who is real good, we're going to have him on the podcast here in the near future. He said, as soon as we get the muzzle on him, run him in a circle, make him run like like you're lunging a horse. Yeah, get him running around up. quickly because yeah. when he's running, he can't be have his front paws up in the air like this because he needs him on the ground to run. Ran him in a quick circle, stopped, made him sit immediately, and then took the muzzle off. So we're getting reps of him uh, not... You don't want him to go to the ground and start. And also they can hurt themselves, yeah, scratching their, their eyes eye and
0: everything else. And the thing is, the most important part of this is if you are conditioning the dog, The session isn't ending because the dog said, F this, I'm getting this off my face. The session's ending because you got something that you liked and you're removing it. And the dog is also staying in a controlled manner while you're taking this off of its face. That's the important part to remember here is that you're the one in charge of when it starts, when it ends. And the dog doesn't say, I don't like this anymore. And you say, okay, fine, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Because the more they resist and have success, the harder it is to condition. But honestly, if you have not, what were you going to say? Sorry.
1: Well, just that the muzzle itself is not a negative thing. And Quite often, the dog just doesn't want to be bothered. They don't want you to mess with them. They're afraid of something different and new that they don't like. Maybe this is going to suck, and they retreat or don't want to do it. And they've probably done that behavior in many other situations as well. Yeah, it's the same
0: thing when someone says, my dog hates the harness. My dog, you know, runs and hides and hates the harness. It's just about conditioning properly. but. You need to get the dog to a point where the dog can function as it does without the muzzle while it does wearing the muzzle because that's the whole point of the muzzle is safety. And a lot of times these dangerous dog hearings and stuff, if you saw our Boston dog lawyer episode, sometimes they result in the dog's okay to still stay in the home, but if it's going to be out, it has to be on this long of a leash and it has to be muzzled. If you're going to have a dog then that has to be muzzled every time it's out of the house, it better freaking accept that thing. And I do want to say as a side note, this is something that's coming up more frequently lately. If you're going to a daycare and a lot of the dogs there are muzzled, I would ask some questions about that. Now, it's one thing if there's gravel yards outside or mulch or something, and there's dogs that want to do that ingesting and that OCD stuff. But if there are dogs within a daycare setting and multiple dogs have to be muzzled, that necessarily might not be the best daycare for you and your dog. And I'm just saying this because it's kind of an influx that I'm just seeing in the industry rising. And I would just ask some questions. I'm not saying not to go there, but just kind of see what their procedures are and what's going on, because that isn't necessarily normal daycare protocol, just as an aside.
1: Well, I would say uh, another, a good use of a muzzle. And um, I just saw a dog the other day, a one-year-old lab mix that has this unpredictable forward aggression with People it doesn't know. And what that means, unpredictable, is that 9 out of 10 people it sees, it's fine. It's happy. And then the 10th person, it lunges at them aggressively to bite. So what that has caused is the woman to have anxiety, to be stressed about walking this dog in any public space. And when people come up, though, and this is not unusual, she's just hoping everything goes well. You don't want to just be hoping everything goes well. I would say, and I told her, condition the dog to a muzzle so that you can now get this dog into more social settings, incorporating some obedience, so that if the dog does act, at least the woman or the, the handler, whoever the owner is, can rest assured that nobody's going to get bit. Yeah, they're,
0: you know? more, they're more confident in their handling. And now you can get handling. that dog
1: out in the world more and get them more socialized and have them working in different scenarios And at least the handler stress isn't going down the leash, which is now causing the dog to be more reactive than it even would have been off-leash.
0: So for unpredictable aggression, for sure, check that out. And then... You want to also, like Scott said, give yourself some peace of mind. Know that, okay, yes, the dog's out, but if something random happens, people are going to be safe. This isn't going to turn into a little walk that became a lawsuit. So if you have not already conditioned a muzzle, we highly, 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 highly recommend it. And our first go-to would be the Baskerville. You can just get that on Amazon and um, order one up. Train it, and just train it as an exercise. Train it as a new thing to check off your list.
1: First thing I would start with is the open end fabric muzzle. <laughs> he likes it's that. It's like a five dollar item. He likes that for Get the, them. Get them comfortable cookies. putting that on, clipping it behind their head, giving them treats. They think it's great, and then you could upgrade to a little, buy, a little better. Buy more hot dogs muzzle. with
0: your nylon muzzle, so they love it. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us, and in the meantime, keep it quirky. Muzzle up. Get a muzzled. The muzzle boy. Hop, oh hop, my hop, gosh! Hop. Take care, guys.